in the studio. Back in the stoop. Did I tell you uh, a few years ago on Hockey Central at noon, we did uh, the ice bucket challenge? Remember that? I do, yeah. You did it in what? In studio? In here. No, <laughs> you didn't. Yeah, with Tim and Sid. And I think Gary Roberts was with us. And I filled up the bucket, big Gatorade bucket or GP8 bucket. Yeah. Poured it. And then everybody freaked out because the floor is all wired. <laughs> and I, hold, I just got to ask, you didn't think of this prior? Exactly. Where was anybody <laughs> to ask me, like, can you not read the tea leaves here and know what was coming? Why are you freaking out on me after I pour it? Yeah, but apparently this floor is completely covered in wires, which I had no idea. That's legitimately hilarious. I, I think it stops at the end of this plug from the micro microphone. <laughs> yeah. And that's the only wiring that we need to for this studio to work. There are, uh, yeah, apparently not. There are these like Dexter-like curtains hanging in here uh, that were, they would hang down for COVID times. Uh, they've since been lifted. What a wonderful era now. On to well, better days. We're all in the studio. We got Derek Bern, uh, Bernadeo uh, on tech. We got Sammy McKee producing super fan Sammy. Leaf Nation Sammy. He's Justin Bourne. I'm Nick Kiprios. And this is your show. So we'll start with a 2-1 decision to the New York Rangers last night. Leafs lose a game. But, Justin, as far as the first four games, this one stood out for me. The intensity, the speed, the quickness, the focus, by far the Leafs' best effort. Yeah. No, that I couldn't agree more. The, uh, you know, that's the, you think the Leafs are going to look like at their best. It's not going to get much better than that. Uh, obviously, the finishing can be a, a little bit better. Shesterkin was wonderful. That's going to be a difference in any games. Um, I know how much you love expected goals. The Leafs were expected to score 6.36 goals last night, Kipper. So uh, one was was not enough, but they played wonderful. Austin Matthews was electric. I mean, that's changes the whole dynamic of the team when he's back, doesn't it? When, when you think of Austin Matthews, you are now... Uh, he's in the same regards as any of the best players in the world right now. Yeah. Hard runner-up last year. And when you talk about pure goal score and Ovechkin's owned that for the last, what, 15-plus years, but today we think of Austin Matthews as the best goal scorer on the planet. Yeah. And he comes out last night, and his fingerprints were all over that hockey game. Does he not look even quicker to you? Yeah. Uh, I, I really noticed his his lateral movement for a, for a big guy. Yeah. He is... He, he moves like a cat out there laterally. And it's different. Like, I forget if I used the comparison on the show the other day, but LeBron James came into the league as this big, stocky, you know, not big in terms of, like, thickness, but, like, he he leaned out over the years. He got lighter and faster and more agile and looks like Austin Matthews has done that too. He switches training to more, like, body movement stuff, body weight movement. 
which I think is kind of all the trend right now. Instead of a, becoming like a, a power lifter, you, you're able to just hold your own body weight, pull-ups, dips, uh, and more obviously athletic movements than that. So I guess that contributes to the way he looks out there. But yeah, it's he's taken his game to another level, I'd say. And the ability to to challenge defenders one-on-one, especially below the hash marks. Cutbacks and stuff. And the cutbacks. He, he loves that. Absolutely loves that. Brian Leach, one of the best defensemen in, in, in our modern-day history, mm. used to tell me he'd have nightmares going one-on-one against a guy like Yager. That it, he'd lose sleep over thinking about it. Just because he's comfortable cutting back, cutting back, hanging on. Just how it. hard he is to yeah. knock off the puck. But I, I don't think Yager ever had that, that, uh, those fast twitch mm-hmm. movements. It was always stick your ass out. And, and and the long reach and still not being able to get the puck off of him. And yes, Yager was great on his edges too for a big man, but but not necessarily the the fast twitch I even see out of Austin Matthews. Yeah. You know what I, I think is so great about that comparison is the willingness to take contact. And I think in uh, the skill circles now, they call it inviting contact, where like Matthews seems to have the confidence that like Yager – a guy can run at him full steam and Matthews can kind of stiff arm him, hold him off, just take the check and then maintain possession. You know, for me, as if a guy was running at me and he's going to hit me, I'm going to lose the puck. But he has that confidence like Yager always had to just hang on to it and take the contact. One of the few shifts I got to play with, uh, like, kind of like stars <laughs> in my career. How great is that when the lines right? get all shuffled and you're like, ah, yeah. I'm with the big boys. So I'm, I'm with Alex Kovalev and another guy <laughs> who loved the, the one-on-one confrontations below the hash marks and then every once in a while you'd watch him go to work and now i'm thinking okay i'm gonna come in i'm gonna support him Mm. i'm gonna maybe run a a pick for him a little bit and then every time (laughs) i'd go in and try to help him be like get out of here get out of (laughs) here leave yeah get he waved me off i'm like okay i'm just gonna go sit in the corner and watch (laughs) like with the rest of the uh 18,000 like fans in basketball when like a star gets it and everyone just like fades out so they can isolate and the star is just like I got this just just let me do my thing Nick we're not going to need your help down here well the Leafs got a lot of help with Austin Matthews back in the lineup and the, the one thing that's abundantly clear is like they are a different team with him in the lineup Whew. and it is a different look and like like any other player you know that can come in and and you add to lineup it kind of kind of resets your lineup and yes we can talk about uh mitch marner and Tavares being a little snake bitten here but it will change the dynamic of what we'll see out of those guys in the next few games they don't they don't go they don't go again till friday against san jose and then we're in a back-to-back situation Saturday night in, in Pittsburgh. But there, there's just no way with, with Austin in the lineup now, those, those, those guys will remain cold. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. You know what I noticed, though, last night? So they, you know, they spent so much time in that ozone swirl where they kind of take it down the wall, pass it back up top. They actually open up and skate backwards with the puck. Like they're finding all these, these spots. Matthews last night was on the ice for 19 scoring chances for, for the Maple Leafs. Like, it was absurd. What I noticed, though, Kipper, is that, like, Richie doesn't seem to know 
what to do. Like you going to support uh, Kovalev, Richie's like, do you guys want me? Do you want me in? Do you want me out? Do you want me in? Do you, where about? And then it's you know he's just done nothing. Yeah. But then the shift's over. So they did all that kind of with him as a decoy, I guess. Well, and that that just uh, that just is going to end up being a challenge, I think, for for Kyle Dubas and, and Sheldon Keefe moving forward. And I think what I'm starting to notice, JB, is that you need to be really good on your feet mm-hmm. to keep up with those guys. And like I said, when when you were dealing with the, those fast twitch in a in a split second, he's gone left or he's gone right. You you, yeah. you got to read off of that. And I'm not sure Nick Ritchie has the edge work to keep up with the edge work of Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Shouldn't he just stand in the crease and not worry no, about it? No, 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 that's not good enough. Uh, it, yeah. it isn't. You want him involved? You have to have him involved. There has to be a threat yeah. of an outlet. And Nick Ritchie has to be involved in the giving goes or else you've eliminated one option for those guys. Yeah. And that makes you, in many ways, shorthanded. Yeah, then the D can just leave him. Yeah, even if he just gets a couple of touches. Um, before we, while we're talking about it, should we play the clip? Uh, Matthews actually mentioned the chemistry about uh, with Richie. Let's let's run the clip of Matthews talking about their their chemistry. You know, playing with guys like Mitchie, uh, Rich. I think uh, you know we still gotta you know work some uh, work, work through our chemistry a little bit. But I thought there was a lot of points in the game where we had uh, really good control of the puck, and that, that says a lot. Right there. That even mentions it. So he's he's feeling it just after 60-plus minutes Yeah, that it, it it is going to be a little tricky here. And I don't know when it's all said and done that Nick Ritchie can be a guy that can run shotgun all season long with those guys. It's almost like he needs to accept the not a reduced role there but like he doesn't like look what they did with him yesterday he's commenting on the uh on the chemistry matthews had 16 shot attempts eight on net last night he almost scored uh god knows how many times mitch marner was all over the rink too so like they were wonderful with him looking off with them feeling like they need to work on their chemistry he doesn't need to be much better than he was to to be a value to those guys just a bit better. I know we're, we're four games in, and many in Leaf Nation, including Sammy, may be ready to write Nick Ritchie off. But I, I'm not there yet. There is, there is something out there for Nick Ritchie. So, Sammy, let's bring you. This is the quietest you've been to start a show right now. <laughs> And I'm not sure. I, I do see some smoke coming out of your ears a little bit here, but we, we got to get past uh, a certain number of games before we decide what Nick Ritchie really is. Yeah, I think that's completely fair. But I also think, you know, first impressions are really important in this market or in any market. And it would be, you know, I think in his best interest to make an impact on the game at all, right? Like, I went to the game on Saturday night, and I was doing my best to watch Nick Ritchie specifically because I wanted to kind of see what he was doing in person. 
And it just seemed like he wasn't doing a whole lot of anything, fellas. So I just don't really understand what his game is supposed to be. And I don't really understand what, you know, I guess it's his contract, which merits him being on the top line. And I guess you don't know who else you go to there. But I'm just not seeing what I need to see to kind of, you know, think that contract was worth it. I'm not in full-blown panic mode about him. I'm, I'm not, like, you know, ready to throw him off the team. But, like, I, I got to see him make an impact here soon, eventually, fellas. It's not, like, a outlandish thought. Yeah, you're not wrong that when you're handed that opportunity, people just want to see something. And I think that's been the complaint. And, like, listen, the Leafs did a ton good last night. I, we're not setting out to bury the Leafs, but when you're identifying what's going on with this team, you know, there's one pretty significant hole there right now and so for Richie it's it's the old what would you say you do here you just have to find something find what it is you Austin Matthews had the puck for two minutes and 15 seconds in the offensive zone last night and I didn't On notice stick yeah and I mean you think Nick Richie could be around there and making an impact, going to the net, maybe receiving a pass, firing one on net like I how many shots does he even have this year I just I'm I think it's just been an awful first impression with Leafs Nation. I Sam, think that's the only way to put it. He's chunky from I think you should leave. It just occurred to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure Kipper will get that one. No, nah, probably not. Yeah. We'll talk about that another time. <laughs> but he's he's just, I don't know. I, I'm glad that you think there's still time for him, Kipper. No, right well, now it's to... no, 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 no. Let's be perfectly clear here. I don't think he'll ever be the guy okay. that they, let's just say it, we're hoping for. Mm-hmm. Okay, they wanted a guy to play on that line. Now, can he do spot duty? Can he start a game there, get some shifts? Nick Ritchie will be a guy that will be up and down in the lineup. How many goals is he going to score this year? I I think a a realistic ask would be what the Boston Bruins got last year. Yeah. 15. But it's up and down the lineup. And I don't think think now we're going to see moving forward that Sheldon Keefe wants to keep putting him in a position to fail. So I think last night's a perfect example. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, or if I can catch you on a whim here. How many minutes did Nick Ritchie play last night? Ooh, you got me. Uh, I don't know. What did it feel like to you? Felt like 15, but he played with the top line who surely played 20. I think Marner played 22 and a half or something. So what do you think Nick Ritchie ended up with last night? You're asking me, I'm going to say 16. 13. No. Yes. You know what 13 is? Third line. Third line guy. This, 13 this minutes. Great stuff. So this is not <laughs> Sheldon Keefe saying, I found my number one winger for Matthews and Marner. This is Sheldon Keefe now knowing what he has. And what he has is one hell of a challenge to fill the left side of his lineup. All right, they're going to trade for someone. I decided well, while you were talking. How, how many shots do you think Nick Ritchie you, has? Just, just hold on a second. You are 100% that this is going to be a fill-in project yeah. until their you-know-whats are on the line, and they're going to have to deal with it before the trade deadline. So they're going to bank cap space somehow because they're not, they're not over. I wonder if they can bank enough to make a move at the deadline and then figure out all... Thing is, Kerfoot plays left wing too for them sometimes, so you can't get rid of him, and that's the contract people go to first. No, you're wrong. You think they can move on from from Kerfoot? They can't shore up this left side and give it a legitimate top six feel and keep Kerfoot. Hmm. He will be the chip. He will be the three and a half 
that you have to take off by the end of the year. Sam, you with me? Yeah, I, I don't know. I just think that the left side was, we knew this was going to be an issue heading into the season here. Like we didn't, we looked at the depth chart and kind of knew that this was going to be the McKay what it was. Hurts. Yeah, but I mean, Mikheyev doesn't shoot the puck in the net either. Like even with Mikheyev, it's still kind of thin in terms of production. So like, I don't know. I have not liked what I've seen. Like how many shots do you think Nick Ritchie has, boys? Just let me ask you that. I'm enjoying this trivia game. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I can't recall seeing three. But he's been on the ice with these guys in the ozone all this time. God, I'll take the over on Kipper's guess. It's four. Four shots in four games playing, you know, <laughs> some pretty good. Co- I think my threes <laughs> yeah, really close points. You to get four. Points. You yeah. get points. Zeros everywhere else except two pims. So it just hasn't been a good first impression. And I, you know, I find like. It's a patient market. It, oh, man, I got a lot of friends who are throwing them out of the market already. And, you know, you see Boston Bruins fans in the mentions. You see Anaheim Ducks fans in mentions talking about it. Just. It's kind of what he is. So uh, we don't need to go too deep into it, but you need to need to see one go in the net here soon, Rich. Right. I also want to bring up, of course, because we are talking about that side, Michael Bunting, who's gone beyond, I think, anyone's expectations for maybe the exception of Kyle Dubas, who, yeah. who described him to a T. So that's been a great, great addition but for all of those of you out there in Leaf Nation, uh, led by Sammy, Sammy, do not make him out to be something that he's not. Well said. When when I start hearing now that this is the guy that's going to replace Zach Hyman, I say, like, cool it. Relax. Okay? Yeah. Cool it. He is right now in a, in a, a perfect spot the issue is though like you you got two of them right now bunting and nick ritchie and bunting's better at it than nick ritchie problem is would you put bunting on that line with matthews and marner i don't want ritchie with Tavares and nylander here's here's my problem with expecting too much out of bunting is that you are in a wheelhouse with these guys and it is 11, 12, maybe stretching 13 and a half or 14 minutes. That's your ask for bunting too. for bunting. Yeah. hundred percent right now. What did we say? Does he have 40 career NHL games under his belt? No, 30. So we want to go from th- we want to go from thirty to play on the front lines and now give us eighteen minutes. Do not ask Bunting to go out there and do what he's doing now at twelve minutes for seventeen or eighteen. That is now putting him in a position to fail, not succeed. Yep. Okay. Walk before you run here. Leave Bunting alone. How many minutes did Bunting play last night? 12, 13, 12, 25. Thank Kipper. you. God, perfect. I looked at TOI. Perfect. <laughs> now you're going to, now uh, you're, you're, you're not even two weeks in the season. You say, hey, hey, uh, Michael, um, we're going to bump you up to about 17. Yeah. No, no, I no. I guess my, my hiccup on this is that you're so thin on the left wing. And what Rick Tockett said to you and I yesterday stuck in my mind where he said that, Bunting changed something 
in, in terms of preparation, you know, in terms of the gym and focusing and taking hockey seriously and things changed for him in a major way when he did that, when it became sort of the focal point of his life, that it didn't just happen for him, that he kind of just randomly got better, that he actually changed his focus and showed a market improvement leads me to believe that this is sustainable, that he's this player. This is who he is. Yeah. Like, I think you could get this for 14, you know, and maybe it's 15 to be honest. I'm not, crazy. you make an excellent point. I'm, I'm not here to pigeonhole anybody here. And say but that just temper it, it can't it can't happen, and the sky's the limit on any player. I will never look at somebody and say that you'll never be asked. never yeah. ever. Like I, what drives you? How good can you be? That's up to you. I'm just saying that if if we are now under what two weeks into the season, and now you you need to push bunting. It's it's not it's not a it's not good. Can it's we not, also? It's not agree? a good ask. You want to talk about building it up, yeah. getting him uh, February March. Now you've added another minute and a half, two minutes to his his average ice time. Like you know, n- nudge it a little bit. Yeah. Don't 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 now blow your brains out because Plan A didn't work. Right. In the first week. He's scoring you a goal every other game uh, right now. I don't think you can expect that to to continue throughout the season. Like, there needs to be – there's going to be a stretch this year where he goes a dozen games he doesn't score a goal. That's just the way it's going to be. The percentages will tell you he he is going to – it's going to be – there's some uh, going to be some nights when he just doesn't feel the energy. And he right now – in his head, and we've all experienced it early in our careers, you've got just this juice that you've had in your body mm-hmm. since you were seven years old, since you first watched the game. He he still looks down at his jersey, and he cannot believe what he sees, and there is just so much of that adrenaline. But there, there, there comes... A, a, a cut line. Where you're a dried husk of a man, just where, worn out. Where this, no, this is this is a job. Yeah. And there are expectations on this, and you get over that hump of, am I really here? And it's like, yeah, I'm here. And it's but hard. I haven't scored in three goals, and I'm starting to hear it from Sammy's Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's and true you start gauge of success. you start dealing with different things. So he, he's going to go through he's going to go through stretches. But he, he makes nothing, so that's he's never gonna be he's never gonna be measured against a contract, right? That's like, a that's, really good point. Like he, everything with him is bonus because he's making what nine hundred k, which is insane. You guys can talk about that, but like, Leafs Nation is never gonna be like, oh, this guy, this underachiever. It's always gonna be or or you know he's overpaid. They're always gonna be like he's this underachiever that is scoring despite his contract. He's given this effort despite his contract, and we talked about it yesterday about how people. Love the underpaid, hate the overpaid. And I think uh, Michael Bunting, being from Scarborough, I, I think he's playing with house money all year. The greatest thing about the Bunting situation is he makes 950 next year, too. They get a second year of this deal. If you're his agent right now, are you kind of like uh, doing the Homer Simpson slide back into the hedges, making sure no one notices you or comments? Like, how did they get a second year at that cost? Agent or former agent? Yeah. <laughs> is he nuts? Two years. Why, if you're just a hair above the minimum, why would you give them a second year? Only if you think maybe I'm not an NHL player, and I don't think Bunting thinks that. 
I don't think it ever entered the equation here. I, I think that's that was either an amazing move by Kyle Dubas to somehow get this or just a really bad move by his agent because if this guy even is in the vicinity of 20 plus this year, that that would have that would have tripled his sal doubled his salary if oh, not yeah. tripled it uh the following year. No, no doubt about that, particularly because he's but, effective without scoring. Um other guys that we want to get to before we, uh, you know, I, I was thinking, should we do Campbell or do you want to do Marner? Which one's uh, got your attention? No, uh, Campbell. Okay. Uh, and and just, uh, just to pick up uh, what we said, that he is really finding um, a sweet spot right now for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. And uh, just the, the crowd reaction. And last night was a great example of of having to be sharp when when you when the team needed you. Mm-hmm. And we know compared to Shesterkin that the workload was half. Yeah. But he was one save away from being better than Shesterkin last night and Shesterkin was friggin' unbelievable. He was. The uh the timing like the time between saves was so huge for Campbell he'd not see a shot for five minutes then it'd be you know Artemi Panarin from the slot and then he'd go six minutes without seeing a shot and it's Mika Zibanejad from the top of the crease like the shots he saw were the type where you go ah it's hard to be a goalie you fall asleep when you don't get a lot of action and then one goes in like he stayed sharp and mentally focused in a game where it would have been hard to stay in it and then the chances were great he was beyond wonderful for them last night unfortunate way for a den because he deserved better Sammy, you close to buying a Campbell jersey just yet? No, I, I'm not a goalie guy. I would never buy a goalie jersey. I'd, no, I've never really trusted a goalie fully in my whole life. But I will say this, that this is completely anecdotal, but this is just something I feel as a Toronto Maple Leaf fan watching the goaltending over the past five, six years. And this is not to throw dirt on Freddie, and it seems like that's all I do on this. And I actually defended Freddie a lot of last year. But it just seems with Jack Campbell that – there would be long stretches of games last year and the years before where, where Freddie was in, and they the least would be dominating, and the puck goes down to the other end of the, of the ice, and Freddie lets in, not necessarily a stinker, but one that he should have had, and it's just deflating to the Leafs. It seems to me that Jack Campbell has a knack for making a big save in a big spot, and I have no numbers to prove that. I have nothing to really, you know, to prove that against, but it just is a purely anecdotal thing I noticed watching a lot of Leaf games, that he just has a... There we go. Yeah, a little Jack Campbell love. But I just, I, I really feel like he has a knack for a big save. I, I can't argue that, JB. And yeah. and I I appreciated Freddie Anderson on some nights where he single-handedly won hockey games for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But it always seemed kind of towards the latter part of the season that he is right, that it would be Playoff the, the out, one, right? the just the one time that they do come in, it, it a bad angle shot, post doesn't go out, it post goes in and 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 people are looking at Freddie like he had three heads. The, the prime example is the Columbus series where his save percentage after five games was like nine thirty. And there was like three or four moments where you're like, Oh God, Freddie, can you give us one? Including in game five. Right. The, the goal they didn't score any get goals, so it's hard to really slag on them. But. Right, but you wanted that stop, the yeah. one from out by the, yeah. the boards. Like yeah. he, yeah, and it's silly talking about specific goals, but it is indicative of what felt like a trend, even if it's just anecdotal. And yeah, Campbell so far, it's happened less so. 
quiet the rest of the week for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but they do go Friday. What, what is is that a typo? 6 p.m. Friday, San Jose. Sammy messed up, probably. Is it 6 p.m.? <laughs> yeah. Sammy? It's 6 p.m. So I'm, I got to produce this lovely radio program. Then I'm going to sprint down to Scotiabank Arena for my other job. So, God, yeah, I'm just a multi platform beast here, fellas. <laughs> you deserve it. That's great. Dinner time with the Toronto Maple Leafs and the San Jose Sharks. It's weird, though. Has that ever happened? There has to be a legitimate reason why it's a 6 p.m. Saturday game. Friday. Or, sorry, Friday. Friday. Game. I don't know. Would Sammy get on that? Would you? I'm just curious. Yeah, you know, I'll send a couple texts here. Maybe I'll get a little info by the end of the this Friday, time. San Jose. Saturday, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Which one do you give Michael Hutchinson, and which one do you give Jack Campbell? Oh, because yeah. I go, I go with the goalie that should. I go with I go with the goalie that I think, regardless, we should win the hockey game. So that has me, that has me with Hutchinson on Friday and Campbell against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. And I do want to win both games. I'm not thinking the split. (laughs) Well, that was the Babs thing. You would always start the, the better goalie night one, no matter what, try to get your win. Which is, which is good. I like that. I think that's a good way to do it. And then you're on Hutchinson in Pittsburgh and you're not giving yourself a fair shot though. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's, I, I do, uh, I am torn on this. One thing that I, it stands out to me is they just did this gamble where, you know, they called up the college kid and he didn't go in and they look like geniuses and now it set them up in a good position going forward. I can see him going hutch against the sharks and then saying, all right, we go, well, let's get away with another one there, set ourselves up to win the next one. I bet they go hutch against the sharks. Sammy, you okay with that? No. I I go Campbell first game. I I love the I love the Babs mindset of going for the first one and then you know maybe getting the gravy in the second game. You, you, you want you, you want Casuo in on Saturday yeah. night? <laughs> oh, that poor kid. Yeah, no, I I, I give me the, the backup on the second half of the back to back. You know, it's you got the tired legs in front of the you know I don't know. I just think I, I agree with Babs on that one. I have to say I like I like the, the the starter in the first game. Well, regardless who starts on Friday and Saturday. Uh, I think the focus will be on finding ways to get your stars going, and that's Tavares and Marner who are are snake bit. And I think particularly with Mitch Marner, there has to be a a way to kind of bump up his confidence. And I I got that sense that they may be worried about how how he's feeling right now uh, based on Sheldon Keefe's comments. Uh, Let's listen. I've liked a lot of it about Mitch's game. I know it hasn't gone over the line. He's had he's had really good chances, but he's generated a ton. Again, uh, I'll reference Austin having as many opportunities and, and many as looks as he did today. Um, Mitch is the facilitator in a lot of that. Uh, he's created a lot of scoring chances for us. He's had a number of chances himself. Uh, so I've liked a lot about his game. He's been very good in the penalty kill for us as well. So uh, lots of positives happening with him. I know that, you know, we haven't scored enough goals at five on five here as a team. Um, <clears throat> so we've got a number of players, I think, throughout our lineup that, uh, you know, we think can break out and then the offense can start to come. But we're not there yet, obviously. And, and that was the difference tonight. Well, first off, I think that's a very smart way to handle Mitch Marner. Like, it's not like it's going to do any good to go out there and publicly, you know, flog the guy for not having put pucks in the net. But on the other hand, they're pretty. But that, there would be no credibility in that because he has looked good. Yeah. And further to that, 
the uh, natural statric tracks scoring chances around the league. Number one in the NHL, he's in terms of scoring chances on the ice, Mitch Marner. Been on the ice for 47 Leafs chances for over four games. That's, I mean, that is a absurd amount of scoring chances to have one assist after four games. I think that's what he's got, one assist. Couldn't hit the side of a barn, though. <laughs> I know. At some point, you got to shoot it in the net. I, I know, but he's been all over it, man. All over it. The, the one thing I felt a lot better about the power play, and mm-hmm. Matthews had a lot to do with that, uh, coming in as a, a huge threat, but they're... There was a sense that uh, I think Mitch didn't need to stay in the middle of that uh, bumper position and mm-hmm. and start looking for pucks. He did get to the outside here. Yep. And whether that was Mitch doing it on his own or the instruction from the coaching staff, there just seemed to be more imagination and flexibility. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing maybe some others come in in that. like Switch into that spot and roll out kind of replaceable parts if Matthews is one of the best guys at shooting and and being able to change his angle at the last split mm-hmm. second I wouldn't even mind seeing Matthews in that spot on like occasion that. slide in there when uh, Willie's got it on the other flank you could have Mitch back out to where Austin was oh man I love that have have Austin slide into the bumper just just for me one timer option when Willie gets the odd touch yeah, I love that. Like, like the way they had Marner, like you mentioned, like outside of the bumper spot, they actually at one point Tavares went up there and Marner went down below the circle. So they are trying to get some different looks. You know what I wonder about? Because of the Toronto media market, teams know what's going on here a lot more than anywhere else, right? We cover everything to death. If you're following any media coverage in Toronto, talking about Mitch Marner's in the bumper spot, Mitch Marner's in the bumper spot. So the PK is worried about it and thinking about it. Could you do what you're talking about and exploit that? The PK is expecting Mitch Marner to be there. If he's not there, they're probably not planning on it. I thought they did that a little bit last night. I like the idea of continuing to do that. Use him in different spots because everyone going into it is planning on him standing in one spot. Yeah, and when you talk about Mitch, his, his strength still is being able to draw a crowd and find an open guy. I'm not sure, you know, if who, who's who's the second best at that? I, I The rest of them end up kind of being on the team shoot first yeah ask questions later yeah kind of guys so i i i think mitch can do that better off on a sidewall off a post than he can in the middle of the ice and you know the other thing too is zabanajad on the penalty kill cheated a lot on austin matthews last night did you notice that you know even matthews as quick as he as he is, Mm -hmm. it's still hard when you're really showing that much respect and and good on Zibanejad. I mean, he picked the right guy to to cheat off of. Yeah, I know I didn't notice it, but I'm not surprised. Uh, Again, it's like all this hype. You know what the plan is. We've all covered it to death when you're heading into the game. So, you know, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I just say anything you can do different than what's expected. I'm I'm on board with. But when when you still go back to the latter part of this series against Montreal. Mm -hmm. And like, even if you throw in what uh, the exhibition series, like have they scored a power play goal? The big boys. Like if you really go back. Yeah. Like they've scored power play goals, but they've been like, where? Slap shoots one into the net. Do they, do they have one in preseason? 
Spezza did, right? No, he has, it was his regular season. They did. They had one or two, but nothing that's like, okay, that was a result of their movement or their system or, you know, a couple of random. Yeah, one. Like, one maybe in, yeah. like, how many games? Yeah, like, right. it's it's really strange that you've got that type of firepower and and just really no no results. And Morgan Riley had a lot of looks on the power play last night. Yeah, and you then, liked that he uh, he bombed it, eh? Well, I, I, at the end of the day, I think it's an issue still that he he he's he doesn't have that type of threat that others do, other number one defensemen on their respective clubs. Right. But I I like the mindset of it. Ultimately, well, the question is down the road, it's it's going to be Sandin, right? Sandin's spot. Yeah. Ultimately, it, like you still watch that kid. And you love the upside when he's coming up the ice. Oh, yeah. I mean, offensively, he is fantastic. He's, he's in the right places. He jumps. I, the way he, you talk about changing the angle, he pumps and steps to the middle and you know, gets guys out of his shooting lane. He's really, really good at that. So there's, there's a lot to like. But I'm going to tell you, another guy. Yeah. Be smart with him. Don't give him too much too soon. Don't put him on the number one power play unit in playoffs. How many minutes for Sandin <laughs> last night? God, the one thing I didn't look at, I'm taking all these stats. Uh, 17? I think a dozen. Is it that low? Yeah, I think it. Uh, Sammy, oh. how many how many minutes for Sandin last night? It was a lot lower. Yeah. I can tell you it was a lot lower. And again, great upside, but has trouble defending. So yeah. what do you do? If, if again, if you want to play seventeen or eighteen minutes in the NHL on, as a blue liner, you better defend well. Yeah. And they've acknowledged that that is a work in progress. So what do you do? You cut his minutes down. Rasmus Sandin last night, fellas. Eleven forty-six. I was. What is I going gave on? him. I gave what him. A, I gave him a minute and a half too much. <laughs> 